Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Steen, Cliff, and Anne to discuss the topic of unlocking innovation, maximizing your team's potential in large organizations. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Anne, would you like to kick us off? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, uh, as Sam said, my name is Anne, and I'm leading partnerships in the digital business of Danfoss. Danfoss is a company of uh, 90 years of innovation experience. We were founded on the money from a sole patent, and this entrepreneurial spirit is what still lives and drives us today. We're family-owned and one of the largest manufacturing companies in Denmark, which really act like a family across borders and industries. In recent times, we've ventured into digital products. Uh, it's where the portfolios are heavy relying on ecosystems and partnerships. And this is where my role plays. It's a really exciting field and I'm very happy to lead it. My background is in marketing and I switched to software in 2015 when I got hired at SAP. And since that, I have pushed innovation solutions across large organizations and promoted startups all over the world. Amazing. Thank you, Anne. It's a real pleasure to have you here with us today. Next on to Steen. Over to you. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, my name is uh, Steen Garbus Inevoldsen. Uh, I am a CIO at uh, Ecoterra. Uh, Ecoterra is a company producing uh, CPEs, customer premises equipment. That's the devices that you uh, use to terminate the internet, uh, internet connection at home. Um, Ecoterra is a, a pretty big player in uh, the Nordics and uh, Europe, uh, not so much in the rest of the world yet. Uh, now I'm on board uh, and have been so for, for one and a half months, so so I'm uh, still quite new, but uh, I'm very excited to to, to go on this growth uh, 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 German uh, journey. Uh, I've been working with uh, aspects of uh, transmission technology for my entire career, uh, both on uh, the ISP side and uh, in 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 the vendor side, and. Uh, I'm an engineer and uh, I like inventing stuff and uh, I definitely also like inventing stuff uh, uh, during my, my, my working hours. And uh, innovation is a, a really, really important thing. And I've tried both uh, places where, where it, it is somehow thriving and I've tried uh, the opposite as well. And uh, I'm very interested in, uh, in kind of this, this uh, uh, issue on how, how to to, to how to to feed innovation? How how to to make sure that it thrives in 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 a, in a company? Because I, I think it's a it it has a huge impact on on the, the operations and also the bottom line uh, in in the long run. Couldn't agree more, Steen, and real pleasure to have you with us today. Finally, over to Cliff. Thank you, Sam. So yeah, my name is Cliff. Uh, I work in Jyske uh, Bank here in Denmark. It's a uh, third largest bank in Denmark and currently trying to increase its market potential, I think, like most other companies are. Right? Um, so my my job here is uh, actually two parts. I'm both a chapter lead uh, and I'm also a scrum master. So I manage about, I'm a people manager about for about 14 people and I have uh, under my wings of scrum master about 25-ish people. Um, so my day-to-day -day things are, are mostly making sure that people are developing their 
their abilities to to fulfill uh, their their job and so they're happy uh, and also to make sure that the agile processes that we do uh, use here in Uske Bank is also fulfilled uh, by facilitating the different events and those kind of things. Yeah. And uh, so it's all about fostering innovation, basically, in a day-to-day -day basis. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading-edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Fantastic, Cliff. Thank you. And that does round off uh, such an excellent panel uh, for this podcast today. And now we've established a context around each of you, we can move into the topic in focus. You all have a statement around unlocking innovation at large organizations. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room and um, have your opportunities, give a take on each situation. Steen, I believe we're starting with your question there. If you want to pose to everyone and the listeners, to be innovative, you have to be willing to take risks. How to encourage this in big corporation, corporations, should I say, with long chains of command and zero fault culture? I'm going to hand over to you for a bit of context before we hand ourselves around the room. Thanks, Sam. Um, maybe I should start out by um, defining uh, what I mean when I talk about being innovative, because all of us are working in companies that are producing something. Of course, we are innovative when creating products, designing products. Innovation is, is uh, that, that's of, of course a part of innovation in a, in a company. But what I really mean when I'm talking about this is more the innovation that happens in the supporting uh, parts of the company. So, so inventing smarter ways of uh, managing a network or inventing smarter ways of, of designing and cooperating and uh, monitoring and, and all that. So, so, so it's the innovations that makes it uh, easier to, to, uh, to, 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 to operate the company. Th those are kind of uh, the ones that are not planned, uh, but, but kind of appear out of the blue <laughs> from, from people realizing the way we do this today is not really clever. Could we do it in a smarter way? And then, try to 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 implement something i've i've been uh, uh, I, I can come with a, an example i was a part of a, an, an isp uh, not that big isp um and we created some of the most innovative uh, monitoring uh, solutions uh, on the market actually um we were bought by a much much bigger isp uh and those solutions never really took off in the new one, even though that we had kind of, you know, even on high management level uh, visits where they were demonstrated what we could do, it never really happened in the bigger organization. And then considering that they were like at least 10 times the amount of uh, developers, so, so kind of the, they had the muscles to do it, but they just didn't do it, uh, I, I found kind of interesting and then one of or some of the reasons i found was that uh, people in the big organization were afraid of taking a risk 
So, so typically, the way I've been doing it, if I've seen a good idea, I just go for it. Uh, so, so just try, just implement, see what happens. And if it doesn't work, though, then then too bad, roll back and then uh, move on. But but you know, uh, at least from my experience in, in bigger company uh, companies, it's it's the employees have a difficult time uh, daring to take a risk because if something breaks, if something goes wrong, then that uh, this blame game starts where everybody's looking for who to blame instead of you know, kind of that was really cool that you tried this. It could have worked. Let's move on. Be, be wiser in the future, right? That's the context. Thank you, Steen. And, and I believe we're coming to you for the first. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a great question. And it's something that I see quite often as well. Uh, and I think it happens in, in every large corporation that tries to somehow bring in uh, more agile, innovative solutions, either by acquisition or, or partnerships, joint ventures or, or anything like that. Um, and it is, it is really difficult because it's two cultures clashing, yes. right? Um, and one thing that I really noticed, and you said it a few times now as well, is the word risk, right? And I think people like you and you, Cliff, and, and probably me as well, we like risk, right? Because we've probably been taking quite a lot of risks. And we know that the return can be so much higher if we take a risk. And we, we know we can fail as well. But, uh, you know, with great risks comes a great reward. Um, my experience here in how to eliminate that is simply, and it sounds easy, but remove the risk. Right? Break everything down. Create some strong processes around it. Make sure that the strategy is aligned. Make sure that you have your stakeholders pinned out and um, involved. Stakeholder involvement right from the beginning is something that that I definitely see working. Establish communication, but also make sure that the people that are stakeholders, maybe not directly, but also indirectly, get to have a buy-in and a say, because that would eliminate the risk early on. Um, in the process of this. This is something that I'm working with and something that I see are, are working uh, for us. Cliff, have you got anything to add? Yeah, to the, yeah, uh, completely agree. I think it's some, some very good points. And, um, you know, taking all that risk out of the picture, uh, at least from the stakeholder and, and the management uh, point of view, it's a, it's a very, very good start. I think it should be where everyone starts. Um, I think where what we've been focusing on uh, in Yuskebank is it's very much you know enabling the individuals and the teams also to be a little bit more innovative um, or to give them a little bit more free range or you know at least to get to lower that expectation of that zero fault culture because that in, in, basically that could be very toxic for for the innovation part of it. Um, but to do all that, it, it's all about also have to have the right culture in the company. So so working with management, making sure that they are aligned and 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 can see the benefits of, you know, trying going to to explore new ways, new ways of thinking or whatever it can be, you know, that's all where it has to start. Because if the individuals, uh, team members that we do have, um, feel like they have the freedom and, and are encouraged actually to go out and, and explore new options and, and know that no matter what, we'll have their backs. Uh, you know, it, 
that will definitely thrive the um, the, the thinking about uh, innovation uh, on an individual and on a team level. Um, yeah, I agree. Some great points there to your first questions, Dean. Have you got any answer to, to your own question in that sense? Yeah, and, and I, I think both of you uh, have very, uh, very good points. Uh, I, I think also one of the things is that um, um, some, some, some places you require before you start actually working on something, you have to create a, a business plan and a project plan and, and stuff. Too much planning, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you're talking like this kind of explorative innovation is, is really a killer. So sometimes it's also just also just a matter of making sure that the people have a, 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 some time available to just try stuff and and perhaps make a prototype before even involving uh, any upper layer management or anything. You you basically create the first uh, prototype uh, to 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 demonstrate the potential. Uh, and I think that's also one of the things in bigger companies they typically have a much more rigid uh, process of of uh, scoping and prioritizing tasks and stuff like that, uh, where, where it's typically more loosely done in a, in a, in a small organization. Where you, so, so the individual um, flexibility is higher um, people. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's, it's um, you know, making sure that, that, that all those incredible uh, talented people that we do have in, in the companies, you know, that they are encouraged to do all these things are, are very important. I think, you know, from uh, from a lower management point, you know, the, the levels where, you know, we are at, where we have to, you know, protect or encourage the team, it's also important that we actually take a big part of this because sometimes we have to guard or protect our team uh, against the upper level uh, management. So sometimes we'll get those hard prioritizations. Sometimes we'll get some uh, some people or have some people who want, who have strong opinions about something or uh, or how things should be done. And, and, and that can also kill the culture in the team about, you know, that are, that are doing all the innovation. Uh, because they are being interrupted. And as you say, Stain, it's, it's all about, you know, sometimes Planning is good, but too much planning and thinking can actually make it worse, you know, because you, you overthink the process, you overthink the, the risks, especially the risks, yeah. uh, instead of just trying it out and then building up the product and making, a, as you say, a prototype. And then on the next iteration, you make a, 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 a more detailed prototype or with more features or whatever it is, you know, showing that you can actually build it or scale scale the product in the end. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I've made an observation, which is maybe not always so nice, but sometimes I feel that business plans are just a way of stalling a decision to innovate. And, and that's not always so fun, right? Because if you if you said if you if you are a a coworker or someone in your team that has a good idea and you build a team and you want to innovate on it, you want to bring it to to a deciding management board, a leadership team, or whatever. But they don't really have time to take a decision on it, and they, maybe they don't have time to assess the risk and so on. So they ask for the report, right? And then when you get the report. Uh, maybe they haven't read it, right? So then you do to do a you need to do a presentation and so on, and that kind of kills the process. So it's it's not just installing the culture on the on the you know on on, on 
on, on the layer of the people that you want to innovate with the creative brains, it's all the way through the organization, opening up that uh, environment for people to actually share their ideas without having this rigid structure. That being said, I am a big fan of structure. I am a big fan of processes because if you have defined processes, you also mitigate the risks of whatever could happen. And uh, yes. But but it's it's a fine balance. Yeah, actually, um, uh, the company I was part of that has been, at least from my experience, the most innovative I was part of. They actually had on uh, upper management level a term. Now, I may, might need your help to, to translate this uh, to English, but uh, the Danish word is tohyler. So if you kick a football with your <laughs> with the <foot> of the <laughs> foot, and it goes in a somewhat undefined direction, <laughs> that's okay. a Danish term. <laughs> <laughs> and what it was meant that sometimes it's better to make a wrong decision in due time than make a correct decision too late. So sometimes, so, so they they kind of try to 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 kind of formulate a sort of a, a phrase saying it's okay to miss as long as we try stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course, again, you need to be uh, if if you're not part of an ISP, you have like a you have a network of you know hundreds of thousands of customers. So, so there are limits to uh, how big a risk you are willing to take. Of course, on on actual live customers, just as uh, I imagine, Yuske Bank would perhaps uh, have uh, words with you if uh, you kind of uh, played around there with uh, stuff like that, right? So, so of course, uh, with limits. But, but, uh, but again, you know, kind of the the willingness to to try something and uh, uh, just go for it. Sometimes mm. go for it. And some of the best things that came out of uh, my my department was stuff that. Uh, you know, within just uh, from from idea to first prototype was like a week, and to deploy the system was perhaps a month. Uh, sometimes, just if it's a good idea, then go for it. Yeah, love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, amazing guys. There's some really great input there, and Steen, thank you for the first fantastic question to kick us off. Moving on to Anne's question next, uh, and she's posing to everyone: achieving innovation is seldomly done alone. How can companies structure internal and external collaboration without compromising their end goal? Same as last time, Anne, I'm going to come to you for a bit of context. Yeah. Um, As I started by mentioning, I work with uh, partnerships. So I'm very much focused on how we can create uh, success, uh, both working with the internal stakeholders and external stakeholders, all different types of companies. And, And I truly believe, I truly believe in my heart that this is the way that we push innovation forward. And it's it's definitely my conviction that no one innovates alone. Uh, no company that sits and never talks to their peers, never looks out in the market, can really achieve a groundbreaking um, innovation. So we do need to have our ears out. We do need to collaborate. And we see this in many different cultures. We see this in many different companies. But where where can we establish a, a culture and a, a, a working way well, we don't compromise what it is because sometimes you're the big fish, sometimes you're the small fish. Sometimes you work in what we call asymmetrical partnerships where you have very large corporation that has specific processes and ways of working, but also very specific demands. And sometimes it's the other way around. You find groundbreaking technology that you somehow want to incubate into your company. How do you make sure that you don't run them over with your own processes? Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's it's difficult. It's something that I'm working with every single day and I don't have the final answer, but uh, I would would love to discuss it with you. Thank you, Anne. Cliff, we're coming to you first for this yeah. one. Yeah, 
thank you. So uh, I can I can totally relate to that. We don't have that many you know external partners, but we have a lot of internal partners, and and basically this, the problems uh, could be the same. You know, from my experience, you know, finding that common ground uh, right from the get go is extremely important, and you can sometimes actually foresee the future in the project you know it's is it going to go over time is it going to go over budget or is it just going to be a mess from how that project is going to be started especially when it comes to collaborating uh, you know with different people or with different teams uh, external and internal so what i've been working on a lot with the current project that i'm in is is um, making sure that those team goals are aligned so that we have the same goals going forward and then we keep iterating over that goal and looking at that goal is it changing is it changing uh, you know you know as well you know when you're innovating sometimes the first idea is not what you end up with so the goal might change while while you're working on it but that's that keeps it more important for it to make sure that the goals are actually aligned across, you know, all the partnerships or, or at least teams that work, you're working with. And we do that through very short uh, feedback loops, uh, you know, constantly keeping each other informed. And the closer we get to a deadline, the the, 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 the short those feedback loops sh should be. Uh, and also, you know, doing, you know, reviews, um, you know, once every two weeks, something like that, where you can really look into the project and saying, Okay, the things that we've done by now is actually is that actually moving us in the direction that we've that we want to go, or do we need to correct a little bit? In either way, you know, um, from my experience, that's that's a good place to start. You know, um, getting those processes around how we collaborate with each other uh, in line, um, and of course, kicking it off with a good planning. Um, you know doing frameworks like design thinking or design sprint or whatever kind of method that just works for you. And the important part is that everyone is involved. You know, everyone that's working on the project process or the project should be involved in, in, in those kind of workshops, you know. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Cliff. Steen, over to yourself. Got anything to add? I think it's an excellent question, and uh, there are many, many layers here. So, so, uh, and you can kind of, you know, you can view the question from 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 a number of different uh, sides. So, so uh, internally in the co uh, in a company, and you know, with the external partners. So, if if we look at internally in a company, I think one of the big no nos is to create a, an innovation department and expect innovation to come from that, <laughs> uh, because innovation is coming from people with actually. Uh, actual dirt on their fingers, right? It's, it's it's from experience with what they're working and they see a problem, they think out a solution and they try that. If if you kind of put some people together in an innovation department, where should that inspiration come from? So 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 you have to kind of like the entire organization is part of innovation from from my perspective. That that's kind of where it works. Uh, working with uh, be between companies. Um, if I go back to when I was a part of ISPs, for example, we had uh, suppliers, for example, suppliers of CPEs or uh, provisioning systems or whatever. You have to do innovation with with, with suppliers. That that um, 
I, I think that is somewhat uh, formalized, uh, but but again, it's 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 kind of the problem is the problem is typically if 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 it's if you have like a, a supplier customer relation, if a customer someone in a customer is having a great idea and want to do it with a supplier, uh, you can't really talk to them until a, a new contract is written right and uh, with the hourly rates and stuff like that, and that again can easily become a killer of innovation. Because then you can't just do it. You can't just you know grab a hold of your peer in the supplier. Uh, you, you have to have permission to okay. I need to do this innovation project, whatever. I need to work with this supplier. So so I need uh, uh, an okay to to buy some 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 hours from 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 them. I, I think that that can be. So I'm not really sure how to deal with that. <clears throat> the other way around. Today I'm I'm working in one of the suppliers, so it would be my customers. Uh, and again, I, I think one one way is kind of like if if uh, I, I actually have done this previously, where I was at a supplier uh, in a supplier role, where I've had an idea and I've, I've taken hold of a customer, saying, "I think this could be something good, but I need to test it out on uh, real customers. So can I borrow uh, your customers uh, and then uh, try?" something and then let's work together so kind of the cooperation was that they supplied the actual user data and and i supplied uh, the algorithms and then, then we started working in kind of yeah, this was some stuff by uh, you know predicting errors and stuff like that based on um, uh, on measurements on, on on equipment in in the field so 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 that that works but then, then again it's it's kind of like a, a yeah, I could do it because I, as a supplier, was not kind of asking for money. I was just asking for collaboration. But but I think the the problem for innovation again is if it's not you know kind of the product you're buying or selling, but it goes a bit beyond that, then then uh, the the commercial stuff can 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 be a a, a limiting factor. I, I think. Um, again, again, innovation is kind of you know something happening between peers either inside a company or, or between peers in a, uh, different companies. Yeah, thank you for that. Those are really good uh, good points, Cliff and Steen. One thing that I, besides the last point here, which I thought was really good as well, but one thing I noticed you said, Steen, is you can't just bring a group of people in, tap them on the shoulder and said, you do innovation now. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of companies are doing that mistake. Yes. Uh, I see, I haven't thought about it. Because I think if you can, if you think about how you normally you would create an internal new or a new organization, right? You will find good people that fits. Maybe you'll find the person that doesn't fit. Maybe he'll fit over there, right? And you try to set a, set a team, um, and and maybe you're going to bring someone from a startup environment, and there you have a class, right? People that only know that environment, and then people that know nothing of that environment, and you're trying to make them innovate. I think that's a really really interesting point. I haven't thought about. Um, but I have an idea that a lot of companies are falling into that trap. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Anne. Have you got anything further you wanted to add uh, on top of the you know, Cliffs and, and Steen's points? I think it's an it's a topic that can be kept exploring. I think uh, we're going to keep working in, in partnerships and we're going to keep pushing innovation together. So, um, yeah, forever, forever questions. But uh, for today, I think it's okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much. Well, on to the last question uh, of this podcast today is, is sitting with Cliff. Uh, and Cliff's question is around, so maintenance and top level decided products are often in reality 
or sorry, often the reality in well-established companies compared to new startups. How do we keep innovation alive in a now startup environment? And Cliff, I'll come to you for a bit of context on this one. Yeah, so what I mean about this is, you know, when you work in a startup company, you know, it's all about that new baby that you're creating, that new child, that new thing that you are, you know, fostering and then growing into something amazing. Um, at some point in all companies that succeed in, 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 in that kind of journey, you know, you'll get to the level where you have to manage both uh, keeping on that innovative thought to keep customers interested in, in your product, but also uh, making sure that you have maintenance on the existing products that you have out there. And 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 that balance, uh, you know, can be hard in my experience to 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 find because sometimes you will have periods where you might be working on a big project but suddenly everything on the old uh, existing product just crashes or customer is not happy or whatever it can be and and in my uh, in our in my company uh, you know it's um you know maintenance takes first place no matter what but if you're in the middle of something and then taking out of it to do maintenance and then put it back into the project mindset you know that can kill the innovation part so it's just wondering what your kind what your experience is with dealing with those kind of day-to-day -day, you know well-established companies thank you cliff steen you have the pleasure of going first this time thank you um I think that uh, that that's a good question, and I I, I think um, first of all, um, there are two types of uh, well maybe there are more, but uh, for this uh, discussion there are two types of uh, companies. There are companies that are selling products, developing and selling products. There are companies that are selling services. Um, now I uh, I am selling a product. Right? I'm developing CPEs and selling those. Before that, I was selling a service, an internet service, for example. If you have a department that is responsible for an internet service, it's kind of its operations, it maintains operations. They, they need to be ready to, to uh, step in in case something breaks and fix it. But that means actually that you have spare time from time to time. Because, you know, not every time, especially if you're doing your job, uh, you might actually have a, a stable service running. And when it's stable, you have time to to big clever stuff, right? <laughs> if, if you are developing a product, it, you don't have the same kind of, uh, you know, spare time because you're always developing a product. Uh, once a release is done, the next release, you start up uh, making that, then you, you start up uh, introducing the next, next product. So I think that that's one of the things is that typically if, if you have a startup, you know, you, as, as you say, a, a startup is by almost by definition innovative, right? It's, you have done some kind of innovation and then you, you start building a company around that. So, so, so everybody is inventing as they go along in the, in, in, in the first few years of a startup. And then you start growing, you start becoming enough employees, so you need to have some sort of, uh, sort of structure because otherwise uh, it becomes chaos. And, and then you start you know, introducing governance and then you start introducing processes and all that stuff. And it's necessary as you grow, but, but it's really difficult to avoid that having a negative impact on, on people's ability to, to, to innovate. And the... the the both easy and difficult uh, answer is to to make sure that you have enough resources, so so you have some 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 time that is not directed on on uh, any 
current commercial product. Uh, but of course, it's that's difficult because that would mean that you have uh, you're paying for more resources than you actually need. So, so uh, if you have uh, owners, uh, that might uh, be a problem in terms of, of your operational cost. So, so it, it's a balance. But 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 it's, it's I think it's dangerous for a company to kind of optimize their resources in in a way that that they don't really have time to do anything else than just deliver the product. Then then uh, they are missing out. Yeah, really, really good question, a really intriguing question as well. Um, and I had prepared a little bit of a different answer to it, actually. But now, now I'm I'm seeing it in a different light. And uh, and I, I agree with Stein that if you optimize your resources so much that you, all you can do is maintenance, then at some point you're going to have a problem, right? Because uh, you, you need to follow the market. That being said, innovation doesn't have to mean developing new products. Mm-hmm. Innovation can be creating new ways of working with existing products. And then suddenly you have to pull in different types of resources that you might already have. It could be business development, it can be strategist, uh, uh, go to market leads, launch manage, so on and so on. And, and how to pull in existing products to new markets or new use. Um, and, and, and this, this is a way for you to, to, to work balanced with your existing portfolio. And again, coming back to it, working with partners, this can also uh, relieve some of your resources. Uh, you focus on what you're good at. You optimize and you maintain what you're good at. But if you see that there's a possibility in the market to reach something else, try to partner up with someone that can add that advantage to you. It's not a competitor, but it's someone that can add to your existing offer and you can add to theirs. And you can go to the market jointly. It might probably, if it's a technical partnership, require some, some connectivity. It might require some development in order to, to align the two products. But it will be minimal compared to develop completely new products. And then you will have a new offering on the market. And you will create more revenue if you've done it correctly. And that revenue can then be sourced back in. And you can hire more people. Easy. <laughs> I think it's some very good points you you guys have, um, and Steen, I actually think you mentioned it in your in your intro. You know, it's there's all about it's all about these two types of innovation. You know, are we looking at the uh, innovative part of uh, getting a problem statement and then figuring out a solution for that? Or are we thinking out of the box kind of solution? Um, so I, I think it's, it's 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 very much balancing balancing those two types because we kind of want both you know at least when when the teams are combined you know we, we would like to be able to to look forward and and get the new facebook or the new you know service out there you know that can get ahead of the market but but you also want to make sure that they look backwards and, and look at the service and or the products for that matter that are already out there or, or that you already have out there and they are making your making you money at the time, right? Yeah, and I think um, you need to make sure, well, during, uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, in, in, in a company you have uh, lots to do. You have firefighting, right? So so big problems, uh, quality issues, uh, whatever, customers uh, uh, crying for new features and, and you have to deliver and all that stuff. And at that time, it's not really easy to, to kind of... Uh, by the way, I'll just spend a week not working on on uh, what our customers, <laughs> but uh, I think this could be fun, right? That that's <laughs> kind of difficult. So 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 uh, it's also a matter of uh, 
making sure that that uh, you are not keeping your organization in a consistent state of firefighting. That's never mm-hmm. a good idea for for a lot of reasons, but also for 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 uh, for, for innovation uh, reasons. And innovation also, as 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 uh, as you said, that it's kind of a, it, innovation is not just it's not just a software developer making a, a piece of software. It's 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 more than that. It's it can be a process, and it typically it can be cross department. It's easy if you have like like one department and your idea only affects your own department, and you you're kind of uh, in control of your own resources. Then then it's not that difficult. But sometimes you have an idea that needs the collaboration of somebody else in another department in another company. And then th- that's where it, it 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 becomes a bit more difficult. And I, I I think typically after you have worked with people for a while, you kind of identify who is uh, kind of the initial. Uh, What's the mm. for that? I uh, don't know actually. Somebody that's really really um, innovative and really really wants to do it and 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 kind of push for it, even if it's you know beyond their job description. Those kind of people are really important, and it's very very important that you don't squash them because that can happen uh, again uh, typically in bigger organizations but also in smaller organizations sometimes you, you because they can be a bit quirky that kind of person because they can be very aggressive about their ideas but but it's good right it's it, you you need to f- to fuel that kind of uh, enthusiasm about it also because it lifts the rest of the organization if 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 you make it uh, uh, something that is really cool you need to celebrate as well in the company, you need to highlight to to the rest of the company. Look at this! This employee had a great idea. He went for it, and it's really cool. And then celebrate it, so everybody else can kind of see. You know, so you kind of feed this. Uh, uh, people are starting thinking about. You know, what could I do to to uh, to do something easier? Um, I, I think that's that's really important. It's it uh, to to support it. So it's not like. Well, you know, uh, uh, the classic is Google having this kind of, you know, uh, it was 20% of the time for, for um, uh, projects uh, that was not directly related. But, you know, and I'm not saying you should do that. And 20%, at least in my case, would be difficult to allocate. <laughs> but 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 the idea behind it, I actually like. Yeah. And again, saying that sometimes the employees actually know better than the management what is important to work on. So, so sometimes the management should make room for the employees to also kind of, you know, uh, do what they believe is important. And I might go out on a limb here, but you say sometimes, I'll say most of the times. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I just wanna, I just wanna concur with Stain that um, creating this this environment uh, mm-hmm. where people are encouraged to bring their maybe silly, maybe brilliant ideas to the table um, is always good. And we've seen it in, in uh, Google, as you mentioned, but also um, the, the various companies I worked in, they've had programs. So once or twice a year, you sign up with an idea and then you sit together in a team and you spend some time uh, allocated on developing this idea and then you win something. But it's not so much about the prize as highlighting internally that this is an environment that we foster. And then it's up to the individual manager or person in the company to not shoot it down when someone brings someone something to the table, right? And that's a personality character um, that's just important to foster in the company that the idea might not be so good, but hey, let's uh, look at it anyway. I completely agree. You know, that kind of, you know, thinking about uh, being innovative 
you know, it it um, it's a good way to go. I, I remember at at some point I was doing, you know, we were talking a lot about being innovative and how could we foster that a little bit more. And I did this design thinking uh, workshop, a one day workshop where we had to design a physical thing that were not related at all to what we did. You know, we are designing housing uh, financing systems. You know, that's that's what my team does. You know, and and what I told them to do is design a new uh, cup of uh, for drinking coffee or water or whatever they wanted to do, and they had to build it out of posters and and rubber bands and and tape and all those kind of things. But you can just you know feel that energy in the room. You know, when you did that in the beginning, right? We can't do that, but in the end, it was like look what we made. You know, some were very great ideas, and some were you know good. And and you know, if you took that to a product line. That could be amazing. So if we if we could somehow you know transfer that kind of energy into into the day to day or give them that twenty percent off, I would love to give them twenty percent. Yeah, I mean, not not free time, but you know work on something that that you know you find interested or where you feel like we can make a difference. Awesome, guys. Well, I think that's such a fantastic point to finish on uh, there, Cliff. So thank you for that and three excellent questions. Um, from from three people that are first times on the podcast and I'm, I'm sure it won't be the last for either of you so a real thank you on that I think for now we'll leave it there this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast I really want to take this opportunity to thank Steen to thank Cliff to thank Anne providing not only their fantastic insights but their incredible questions around innovation and large organizations and of course thank you for listening if you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn via email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. When the podcast is released, you'll be able to reach out to these guys for any additional questions. Uh, the, the links to their uh, LinkedIn pages will be on there, so please don't hesitate to do that. But for now, see you next time.